Hello and welcome to Books by Old Dead Guys. I'm Scott. And I'm David. And this is episode 10. Double digits, baby. 10. We did it. Woo! Double digits. If you stuck with us and you're not like our wives or our moms, Mm. we're really thankful. Bless you. Man, that's pretty awesome. Like, yeah. Yeah. I I would find that hard to believe, but great. That's great. (laughs) You're still listening. (laughs) So for the first nine episodes, we have... uh, Navigated chapter one of Richard Baxter's Reformed Pastor. And so we thought it might be nice to deviate a little bit for a couple of podcasts and do something a little different because that is a that's a heavy book, man. It's mm-hmm. it's thick and it's it's really good. It's definitely profitable. But I found it in my practice of reading, sometimes it's very helpful for me to go from reading something really thick and heavy to something more devotional. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's really just intended to nourish my soul. Um, and, and that is why we're going to take a, a couple of podcasts and walk through uh, some of our favorite prayers from a book called uh, The Valley of Vision. Now, if you are a member of the church we pastor, you, you've most likely heard us talk about the book The Valley of Vision. In fact, we gave it away in one of our book giveaways at a family meeting not too long ago. And, uh, and it is has been... One of the most profitable devotional resources that I've ever encountered in my whole life. It's a bold statement. It is. It's a bold, bold statement. It is. I've got three or four devotional books that I have found made the biggest difference in my life, but this has definitely been one. And I was introduced to it um, actually as a member of the worship team of the church that I was a member of many years ago uh, before the Lord called me into pastoral ministry. I was uh, played guitar on the worship team, and we would. We started this practice at the request of our pastor, one of our pastors. We started this practice of we would sing uh, a couple of songs, and then we would find an appropriate prayer from the Valley of Vision, and we'd stop and read that prayer, have a little bit of music in the background, nothing super emotionally, but, you know, just to keep the, fill in the, the quiet spots. And, and, uh, and we would read from that prayer in a way that connected the music to the sermon. And man, I just fell in love with it Mm. from there and have read it. I've probably read the whole thing. I'd say at least four times, um, in over the course of 20 years, I've, I've read it a lot. It it is, it has benefited me greatly. What about you, David? I haven't read a ton of the Valley of Vision, but I'll tell you, one of the things that has stuck out to me, um, about the book is just the breadth of topics like there if, if you regardless of what situation you find yourself in I can almost guarantee you there's a prayer in here for what whatever you're going through or, or whatever situation of life you're in like there there is a prayer that relates to you yes and I think you just hit something key there that I, I probably I don't know that I said this it, it is a collection of Puritan prayers and uh, and one of the responsibilities that we have in order to develop Christian maturity in one another, is honestly to both learn and then teach others how to pray. And and so much of this was just a collection of these Puritan prayers by selected authors, some were anonymous, some were not, that uh, that really spoke to the day-to-day circumstances of life. Man, there are yeah. holidays in here. There's one, like one whole section for each day of the week. There's like all, you know, there's a morning and evening. There's mm-hmm. all these different little spots where it's incredibly practical. And it really does teach us 
How to Pray, which is a which is a helpful book to have. I mean, there are a lot of books written on prayer. I can't say I've read a ton of really helpful books on prayer. This is probably top three for me. Uh, books on on prayer um, up up there with uh, the other one that really comes to mind real quick is a book called With Christ in the School of Prayer, mm. uh, which is just a phenomenal book. But but it's but it's an academic thing, right? It's mm-hmm. like a do this. It's step one, step two, step three. This is more of a in this circumstance. Here's how a Puritan would have prayed. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm just I'm just glancing over the table of contents right now. I mean, you've got prayers about who God is. You got prayers about redemption. You got prayers about uh, confession, about needs and devotions. Like the list just goes on. Those are just major categories. Like yep. in in the midst of all of those major categories are individual prayers about individual things. Like just the amount of, I mean, just the amount, the amount of stuff of just life stuff that is prayed about. I mean, like you said, they intended this book to be for the daily needs of the people. And I think they succeeded. And I think it still rings true to, daily needs yes in absolutely. our lives yeah i think it's it's and that's what makes it so sweet so it's it's a book produced by um banner of truth and i have a sneaky suspicion that if you listen to this podcast for any amount of time you're going to hear me talk about um, the great work that banner of truth does i'm pretty sure they wouldn't mind me shamelessly promoting their publication i am not under the employ of banner of truth but i've bought enough books from banner of truth that i probably have been <laughs> responsible for the employment of many of them yeah um but they reproduce a lot of puritan things uh and do so really at a, at a pretty low cost and so we're going to put in the show notes how you can pick this up and uh and probably do so by linking you to the banner of truth website yeah feel free to navigate that i can tell you from experience they have sections in both english and spanish so if mm-hmm. you're bilingual and you'd like to really try your hand at reading the Puritans in Spanish, you could do that. I'm going to be honest with you. I have a hard enough time reading them in English. I couldn't imagine trying to read them in another language. But but if that's if that's for you, I mean, go, go for, for it. it. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. <laughs> but yeah, and in case in case you're wondering, we don't get any money from this podcast. Nope. So that is what you just heard was entirely Scott's opinion. That is, is definitely not yep. swayed by any dollars and or cents. No, we are not. We are not paid by Banner Truth. But <laughs> but but I will say this: if, if anyone from Banner Truth ever happens to listen to these podcasts and they like to come on the podcast. Oh, we'd, we'd that'd be reach great. out we'd to make it. That, we'd make that holler, work. holler at us. That'd we would fantastic. love to see see that happen. Yep. So, all right, here we go. So, I'm going to actually just start with the very first one, the first of the the prayers of the Valley of Visions. I think we're going to maybe try to do two today, although we got a little carried away mm. with our um, love for the book. But we'll see. <laughs> we're going to try to get at least we'll get at least one done, but we'll make it two. But the first one out of the box is called the Valley of Vision. And, uh, and I will read it. We'll basically follow the same format we followed with Baxter. I'll read it, and then we'll kind of walk through it a little bit at the time and just talk about what we see in it. Here's what it says. Lord, high and holy, meek and lowly, thou hast brought me to the valley of vision, where I live in the depths, but see thee in the heights. Hemmed in by mountains of sin, I behold thy glory. Let me learn by paradox that the way down is the way up, that to be low is to be high, that the broken heart is the healed heart, that the contrite spirit is the rejoicing spirit, that the repenting soul 
is the victorious soul, that to have nothing is to possess all, that to bear the cross is to wear the crown, that to give is to receive, that the valley is the place of vision. Lord, in the daytime, stars can be seen from deepest wells, and the deeper the well, the brighter thy stars shine. Let me find thy light in my darkness, thy life in my death, thy joy in my sorrow, thy grace in my sin, thy riches in my poverty, thy glory in my valley. Mm. Yeah, so the, the writer just reflecting on the upside-down nature yeah. of the kingdom of God. Yeah, you think so much of the Sermon on the Mount. Like yeah. What is the Sermon on the Mount intended to communicate? That the kingdom of God is upside-down from what you think it would be. You who are, you are first will be last, and you are last will be first. And, you know, the Pharisee who thinks that he is the greatest at obeying the commandments, you know, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you'll not enter the kingdom of heaven. And and so all of these upside-down pictures, and, you know, and it's all kind of revolved around this idea of a valley. So we live and work uh, in kind of the foothills, and, and so it, it resonates with us because there are many uh, not-so-inhabitable places around us. And, and yet the last, the last two days here have been solid rain. I mean, mm-hmm. just solid rain. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you, can, you can see um, what it's like to live in a valley because the water runs down in there, and it's, it's a difficult place. And I think that's what he's primarily getting after, is that this life is hard, and there's suffering, yeah. there's difficulty, and yet in, in those things, in those sufferings, we, we see, as he says, the stars, the brightest. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really cool how he uses you know, the, that, that, you know, that line, that the valley is the place of vision. Yeah. You know, that he... You know, he kind of he riffs on the fact that people go up to the mountaintop to see out and to see these great yeah. sights and to see out across the land and to you know, get this vision of what the land looks like. But he says, man, in the valley, that's where I really see. Yeah. That's where I really see. Yeah, the what best place to see the brightness of God is in the is valley. In the lowest places, yeah. the lowest spots. Yeah, I mean, we, we're, we're, uh, we, we either, I think we just would have finished now the sermon series through the Psalms that we've been walking through. And Psalm 89 sets the table for us on this, this idea of suffering and the five questions the psalmist asks, and they all revolve around suffering. And, mm-hmm. and yet from 90 onward, you get this, this idea. Yes, yeah, sanctification, growth in Christ comes through suffering. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the words of Jesus. If anyone would deny himself, let him, I mean, if anyone would come after me, I'm sorry, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Follow me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so it, it, it starts with that, which is such a helpful place to start the book because it sets the tone. You know, the, the Puritans, like the Psalms, are not afraid to deal with suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to deal with suffering theologically, to deal with suffering rightly, to not just say, wow, this is really hard, but let me think about the goodness and the mercy and the richness of God and the glory of Christ in the middle of and through, not in spite of, but through, the suffering that I'm experiencing. And so kudos to, to Arthur Bennett who compiled the book for, for really just starting here with this idea uh, that as you walk through the Puritans, you know, it wasn't an easy life. There, there, was, there was no such thing in this era um, of, of, of history, but, but they're not afraid to deal with these things. So, so we shouldn't be either. 
So, yeah, I, I'm, I don't think it's a great place to, to start. What do you have, David? I was, uh, was going to read the prayer that's titled The All Good. Mm. So in my book, that's on page 7. Yep, yep, same here, page 7. So this is The All Good. The prayer begins. My God, thou hast helped me to see that whatever good be in honor and rejoicing, how good is he who gives them and can withdraw them. That blessedness does not lie so much in receiving good from and in thee, but in holding forth thy glory and virtue. That it is an amazing thing to see deity in a creature, speaking, acting, filling, shining through it, that nothing is good but thee. That I am near good when I am near thee. That to be like thee is a glorious thing. This is my magnet, my attraction. Thou art all my good in times of peace. My only support in days of trouble. My one sufficiency when life shall end. Help me to see how good thy will is in all. And even when it crosses mine, teach me to be pleased with it. Grant me to feel thee in fire and food and every providence, and to see that thy many gifts and creatures are but thy hands and fingers taking hold of me. Thou bottomless fountain of all good, I give myself to thee out of love. For all I have or own is thine, my goods, family, church, self, to do with as thou wilt, to honor thyself by me and by all mine. If it be consistent with thy eternal counsels, the purpose of thy grace and the great ends of thy glory, then bestow upon me the blessings of thy comforts. If not, let me resign myself to thy wiser determinations. Mm. I really that's a, love that's that prayer. One. That's a fantastic one. Yeah, uh, there are a couple of points there that just stick out to me. You know, help me to see how good thy will is in all, and even when it crosses mine. That was the one that really first got me. Was teach right with that. me to be pleased with it, man. I have, I have experienced sometimes. Mm when the Lord's will has crossed mine, where my will desires things to go one way, but the Lord's will desires it to go a very different way. And to to cry out to the Lord, teach me to be pleased with it. You know, the very very end of the prayer, if it be consistent with your eternal counsels, the purpose of your grace, the great ends of your glory— Bestow upon me the blessings of thy comforts. Mm. Lord, I, I want the blessings of your comforts. Right. But, but if not, let me resign myself to thy wiser determinations. That's just a great sentence. Let me resign, resign thyself to, to your wiser determinations. determinations. That's just, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, and what, and what really kicks it off in the whole thing is... Kind of at the beginning, he says, Blessedness does not lie so much in receiving good from an indie, but in holding forth 
thy glory and virtue, which is a really important sentence. It's, it's not it's not super easy to read, but what he's what he's getting after is, you know, we are the prosperity gospel is rife mm-hmm. in our in our world in our community, and the prosperity gospel would actually teach you the opposite of what this prayer in the Valley of Vision would say. The prosperity gospel would say that blessedness lies in receiving good, mm-hmm. you know, in the goods that you that. That if, if God has blessed you, if you are, you know, the word that they have appropriated uh, from us is favored. If you're favored of God, then then He that's going to be shown through financial prosperity and physical health. And, and the world buys that readily because the sinful part of us desperately wants that to be true. Mm. You know, we want the world to be this reducible, simple, you know, equation where one plus one always equals two because we just understand the inner workings of everything and 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 the 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 writer is saying you know no 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 that's not it the 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 blessedness really is is in holding forth your glory the glory of god and the virtue that comes from beholding the glory of god that that there is that is good you know it's not that the gifts that he gives us are bad it's that they're temporary and he's not and so from that starting point, it's like everything else just rolls, kind of flows out of that. Yeah. You're my good in times of peace, my only support in days of trouble, my one sufficiency right. when life shall end. Yeah. Help me to see how good thy will is in all. In all. cross is mine. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I love it. If we need anything on a daily basis, it's the reminder that we're not in control. Mm-hmm but that he is yeah, and that he is good regardless of how bad, difficult, hard, pick your, pick your language, things may seem in our life. You know, mm-hmm. so much of the Psalms is built around this. You know, I can hear, you can hear, you can hear Job, the Lord gives, the Lord, the Lord takes, takes away. away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yeah. You know, we, we sing in any number of songs, this, you know, this, this philosophy is so important to us, this idea behind who God is and what he does and how he governs the universe and, and how he sanctifies his saints. Mm-hmm. So important to us. Uh, and yet, a great number of the songs that we generally listen to fail to address this at all. And we mm-hmm. try to be really careful and intentional here as a church to sing songs that are so real with affliction that it can make us a little uncomfortable sometimes. You know, that we can sing just like Job, though he slay me. Yeah. Yeah, I will, I will praise him. You know, and, and and that's what this does. You know, this is a great, it's a great uh, prayer to go to and to model in times of affliction. But I think it's also a great one to model in times when things are going well. You know, there's this, it's kind of a old Christian cliche that if you're not currently suffering, then you're, preparing for suffering it's going to happen you're either in a trial or coming out of a trial or about to go into a trial that's kind of your three seasons of the christian life if you will mm-hmm. uh, but there's a lot of truth to that yeah you know so much of your preparation for suffering one of the things we've tried to talk about openly here is the lord has blessed us with a relatively young church uh and yet there is there is so much to learn uh, before we grow old and and one of the primary things I've gotten to see as a pastor is to see people who are one of two things. Either A, their their lives are, are ending and their bodies are failing and their health is poor 
and they are completely satisfied in Jesus. And they hurt, and it's hard, uh, and, and maybe sometimes they feel oftentimes lonely or abandoned, and yet they are satisfied in Christ and have found contentment in the lowliest of circumstances, having been forgotten by this world. Or there are those who have not prepared for those moments at the end of their life, who have not prepared for the day in which your existence no longer matters to this world. It's not that it doesn't matter to God, and it definitely should matter to the church, but it doesn't matter to this world anymore. Mm. So you're easily compartmentalized and forgotten, and you found your meaning and purpose in the blessings of life, or the blessings of help, or the gifts that the giver has given. You found all of those things to be the only good, and when all those things are gone and you have nothing but Christ, you are not prepared. And so the role of the pastor, in so many ways, is to teach the congregation how to die well, how to get to the end of their lives, and be able to say exactly what you just read in here. Yeah. You know, and that's not glorious. It's probably not going to sell a whole lot on YouTube, but uh, but it's true. Mm-hmm. It's the stuff that matters. Yeah. So yeah, that was good. Well, there you go. There's there's it's kind of one and a half. Valley of Vision was a really short one, but that was a great one. Thank you, David. Yeah. Well done. Okay, any, any final thoughts? Uh, come back next week for more Valley of Vision. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get at least one more done. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, friends. This was episode 10. Next time will be episode 11. 11. Take care. Goodbye.